Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. We're glad you're journeying with us, and we hope that you find value from the teachings. If you'd like to connect or support the mission of Grace and Peace Church, check us out at graceandpeacechurch.org or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Grace and Peace. each other in the written and withering story of our condition. Against the grand backdrop of a billion stars in the mundane trudges of routine, hope whispers that we are citizens of another place. It would be easy to set our pulse to the hum of the subway, the pitch pounding of the clock, looking for safety in possession or position. But hope propels us to search for the melody among the discord. Hope is an anthem for the humble, a song for a kingdom called grace. Hope says when you pass through the waters, Gloria, he will be with you. And through the rivers, Oyen, they shall not overcome you. When you walk through the fire, Esther, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not overcome you, Toby. For he is your maker, Joel, the hope of all the nations. Hope knows the plans he has for you, Cher. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, Joyce. Plans to give you hope and a future, Chad. He is the good shepherd, Jason. Therefore, my friends, in him you are a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Hope has stretched out his hand, not just to meet you, but to hold you. For hope knows your name, and you know him. Jesus. That's what Easter is about. It's about hope, and it's about the fact that Jesus knows your name, that you are sitting here for a reason. You're not here by mistake. You are not here just because you may be friends with somebody in this room. You're here because God brought you here for this moment to talk about this. And I hope that as we open Scripture, as we talk about Easter, the biggest message, that if you walk out of this room right now for some reason, you hear the fact that God knows your name, that he loves you deeply, and that's what we celebrate at Easter. What do you guys think of when you think of Easter right now? Because there's a lot of other stuff that's gotten in the way, right? So just, just shout it out. There's no wrong answer, and I hope that you give me some of the cliche answers, all right? Chocolate bunny. Chocolate bunny. That's right. Peeps. peeps. Where are my peeps at? That's right. I love peeps, man. They're so good. What? I, I can't. I got to hear more. Joy. Joy. Oh my gosh! Look at the kids are leading the way. This is awesome. This is good. Uh, what else? What else do you guys think of? What do you think of when you think of Easter? Him dying on the cross. Awesome. So good. See, there's no wrong answers, guys. These are good. This is beautiful. What else you got? Anything else? Death defeated. Death defeated. That's right. There is no death. Right in the back. Risen. He's risen indeed. Right. Um, Oh, we got more. What do you got? Yeah, he's risen from the dead, right? The stone was moved away, and he did the miracle of conquering death. Three days dead, and now he is risen. That's what we celebrate. And the the reason that's so powerful, we're going to dig into here in a second, um, is really what he's done. And when I think of Easter, these are the three things that I think of. You're going to hear my selfish side right here. Um, generally, Easter, I talk about mango salsa. 
because I love mango salsa. Do you, do you have any mango salsa lovers in the house? Like, yeah, all right, those are my people. Cool. Um, mango salsa, like, it's every Easter. Like, if you know me, if you've been in our church for a while, every Easter I talk about mango salsa. And as you can see, there's no mango salsa. There is no El Napolito chips sitting right here, and I'm kind of disappointed. But I'm also excited because I felt like that message has been done. It's time for a fresh one. It's time for a new illustration. That's why you guys all got seeds. Hold your seeds up. You got seeds? Okay, we got seeds. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, this is Malia's cup. She reminded me that this was a project she did from school, and I stole it. Um, But mangoes, mangoes bring life because they're they're so delicious. Um, And then when I think of Easter and this season, I think of white sea bass, which is a fish that I love to hunt. And so that's all me right there. Like just, I spend so much time diving this season because April, May, this is like when the fish come in and I just have to go find one and I love spearfishing. So just, that's me. And then I think of flowers because I see flowers everywhere. I don't know about you, but the on-ramp to uh, where I get on the freeway at Oceanside Harbor is littered with these beautiful flowers that look just like that. And I'm seeing them everywhere. Are you guys seeing them? Are you guys seeing them? Okay, good. I'm glad you guys are seeing it too. It's because it's spring. It's about new life, right? Everything that was dormant and cold and dead and kind of hiding away is now seeking the sun, seeking like this, ah, the beautiful life that happens right now. And I hope that you guys experience that, that that's what happens at Easter right now. Um, That's why there is all these analogies that exist when it comes to Easter. But I hope the core thing is that we see what Jesus has done, that we see what he's all about. And so let's dig into that. Let's, let's talk about it. Maybe this is new to you, or maybe it's been something that you've heard for many, many years. I hope I give you a fresh um, maybe perspective on it, or maybe a deeper sense of like, oh, this is good, right? This is more than just bunnies, right? More than just an Easter bunny. It's more than just candy, oh, which those are good, but there's more. Um, let me start out with this beautiful um, prayer from the Book of Common Prayer, the lectionary that um, the church around the world uses um, that I think sums up where we're at and what we're doing. So check this out. O God of glory, in the Easter dawn, you raised Jesus from death to life. As we are united with him in death, so unite us with him in resurrection that we may walk in newness of life. Let me read that line again. Though we may walk in newness of life. I hope that that's what we take away today. And reimagine the world as you have made it. It takes an imagination, I think, to see really what is most important sometimes. I think sometimes we're fed a message and our imagination is limited when it comes to what God can do, what we are created for, And our imagination gets consumed by evil, darkness, by consumption, by things that just don't satisfy. And what we see here is a reminder in the end of that prayer. He says, and reimagine the world as you have made it, that God made it beautiful, that he made it good. And sometimes we need to have a new imagination. And I hope that through uh, looking at these scriptures and these stories, we begin to see a new way a way that is just beneath the surface that sometimes we just miss because it isn't super shiny, it isn't the thing that we see on the news, it isn't the, the thing that someone's trying to sell us in ads. It's, it's this deeper beauty that gets missed sometimes. But many of you know about it. That's why you're here. 
Resurrection may not seem believable. This whole story about Jesus and what he's doing may seem crazy to you. I hope that I can expand your imagination by what we talk about here. Um, There is both in Easter a massive thing that's happening as well as a very granular, personal, uneventful in some ways thing that is happening in our lives. Because what we celebrate here isn't something we just celebrate today, right? It's something we celebrate every day. New life isn't just something that's like, yay, Easter Sunday, new life, flowers were awesome, and then we go back to the dark, dingy, broken world that we see and we just get consumed by that. What I hope we see is that there is more. This is like what Jesus is doing is a a daily thing. New life is not just for Sunday, and it's not just for today. It's meant to be every day, all the time. But here's the deep sigh. I recognize that some of you in this room, um, we deal with pain, don't we? There is pain in our world. There is challenge that we face. Um, Some of us deal with chronic pain either because of physical things that we deal with or because of what other people cause to us. Um, Some of us and some people maybe around us, maybe there isn't anybody in this room, but I know there's people that you may know that are facing a daily battle of pain and struggle. And, um, And I know that what we talked about earlier, literally right now people are in pain and struggling, that Easter doesn't seem like a celebration in Ukraine probably right now. Um, based on some of the stories I'm hearing, that this message may not seem believable to you because you're like, you see all of that. You see the pain, the difficulty, the sorrow, the challenge that exists in our world, and you go, how can there be Easter? Like, How can we throw beautiful flowers on this dark cross? But that is the beauty of what Jesus is inviting us into, that in the middle of whatever we are going through, in the middle of that darkness, he's stepping in and doing a new thing. And so I want to show you why this matters, why this whole thing is possible and how it takes place. There's a guy named Matt Manzari that my buddy Jason knows really well. I've met him. He's an acquaintance of mine, but Jason knows him. And his story starts with some of this darkness, some of this brokenness, some of these things that are really challenging and difficult. And I want to share his story because I think it's a good backdrop to what we look at when we talk about Easter And when we talk about this challenge between the darkness that exists in our world and the light that exists in our world, between the death that happens around us all the time and the life that is available, yet sometimes we don't see it. Matt Manzari sees it, and here's why. He's a professional wake skater that had two really, really intense near-death experiences, okay? Um, These are some quotes from from him and, and what what happened to him. The first thing that happened to him was this wakeboard event um, where he actually crashed, and it was a very much intense crash. Let me just read the description here. Um, I was pulled behind the boat into the shoreline at over 25 miles an hour, which was lined with cinder block and rebar. I cracked my skull in 16 places. 16. That's, That's crazy, okay? Had 13 screws and three plates put in my face. My jaw was broken and had rebar go go to my leg, crushed my hand, and broke my tailbone. So first event. That sounds pretty intense, right? You're going to hear from him in a second. But I just want to give you, like, context of what he's been through and what he's going through. Second event, he's up in a, uh, what do you call it, a cherry picker, um, trimming trees, and touches a 
power line, and here's what happens. 14,000 volts shot through my body. The electricity caused fourth and fifth degree burns, which melted most of the skin off my chest and arms, going deep enough to kill muscle and bone. You're like, wow, this is Easter? This is intense, right? That's the second event that the electricity went through him, should have killed him, and the doctors, when he was in the hospital, said he is not going to be the same. It says, my family was told that if I ever woke up, I would not be the Matt they knew. How gnarly is that? Like, if you try and picture the situation. I didn't want to show it because I know kids are going to be in the room, but there's images, and this is why I linked the video in the bulletin. You can check it out, and I encourage you to watch it, but you can see the whole story of, his, of these experiences. And here's what I want to show you is the response that he has. This is, this is the Easter beautiful story. This is how Christianity, what Jesus has done, the life that he brings comes into play in reality, okay? Check this out. This next picture was a really special day. I mean, when you spend months in a hospital room, it's a prison. Those four walls are a prison. And I wasn't allowed outside yet. My physical therapist and my wife snuck me outside. And I'll never forget, I was going down the hallways and I was smiling ear to ear. And then as soon as I... They wheeled me outside. The wind hit my legs and below my knees was all really the only place I had feeling left. And the wind hit my legs and I just burst into tears because I remembered what that felt like. And I suddenly felt human again. I didn't feel like a product that was being poked and prodded. And I realized that things like human touch and being outside and experiencing these gifts that God has given us every day and how we take those for granted. One really profound saying that helped get me through, it's really deep. Wherever you are, there you are. <laughs> and it sounds so simple, but there is so much depth in that. Because I meet people, trauma victims, I meet people with mental health issues every day that are angry and bitter about their situation. And I want to say, even if whoever's fault this is, whoever you're angry at, whoever, whatever gave part of life gave you the short end of the stick. Even if that person came and said, I'm so sorry, this is all my fault. You're still in that wheelchair. You're still burnt. And I realized I could be this bitter, defeated, scared person. And it wasn't going to make me less electrocuted. It wasn't going to take the pain and surgeries away. What it was going to do is make my family say, you didn't want to know Matt at the end. He wasn't him. And I had to realize that If this story is true, if this story is true, that 2,000 years ago, we had a Savior that came and took on the flesh and died for us so that he could have a relationship with us and was resurrected, then that changes everything. Changes everything. Because it's not a prosperity gospel. It's not, God, if you heal me, if you bring me through this, I will. If then, no, it's... I'm asking you to do something you've already done. I'm asking you to bring healing and restoration in a situation that haven't you already, because what you did on the cross says that in this world or the next, you bring full restoration to all things. A verse that just uh, I live by and was huge for me was uh, John 16, 33. And it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, 
You will face struggles. Not you might, you could, you'll probably. You will. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. That's the message of Easter. That's the message of new life. That in the midst of his challenge, his difficulty, he chose to say that God is still going to be central in my life, that God has a plan, that he's going to do something powerful. And Matt travels around the world now and shares his story, and as he mentioned, gets to meet all kinds of people from all walks of life and gets to share this message um, that we journey with you. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a, in a minute. But um, to think that... Um, he doesn't define himself anymore by his physical situation and what happened to him. He defines himself and his identity completely in Jesus. And that's the beauty of what Jesus has done and what he's doing and what he's inviting us into. That it's life and life to the full. That it's meant to be this way of life that gives us a way of navigating all of life. Not just when it's good. Not just when everything's working out. But in all of life that we surrender and love him. Um, what Jesus does in his death is he brings life. And you guys have flowers in your hands or you have some kind of herb that I bought from Ace Hardware for you. Um, These little seeds are dormant. They're dead, right? When they go into the ground, life takes place and springs forth as a result of this dead seed. If you tell somebody who's never heard of that process, maybe a child, and maybe you've seen a child take a seed, put it in the ground, and watch it grow. That's where this started. They did this in my daughter's class. And they got to see it go from dead to life and springing forth a flower. The kind of imagination that that requires, right? This tiny seed. Just take one of these, and it can turn into this giant plant. From death comes life. Like this is woven into all of creation. Um, This is what Jesus models for us. That in the midst of those little tiny deaths, there can be life. Matt's life, in the midst of those little tiny deaths and those heavy experiences that he's experienced, that he went through, now other people are experiencing life because of his life. Because of the tragic, difficult things that he's gone through. I think of the seed and I think of the imagination that it requires for us to go... There's no way this could turn into a giant plant. But we all know it does. It's like magic, right? We believe in this kind of magic, but then when we talk about Jesus, we're like, I'm skeptical. I don't know about that whole cross thing and that three days rising again from the dead and conquering death. I don't know about that whole thing. And what I would propose to you is that I didn't grow up fully understanding that until my senior year, and I I began to hear the gospel story in high school of what Jesus went through, the death that he went through in order to bring life, it, it rocked my world. I began to go, I don't fully understand this, but somebody that would lay down their life for me, that shows true love. That shows a love that I've never seen in this world. And so that death brought life. And I think it's, it's all around us. We see it constantly. And what Jesus invites us into is this journey of walking with him when it comes to being participants in bringing life, 
not only in our own lives, our daily lives, but in the lives of others around us. And so um, there's a song we're going to close with at the end uh, that's called Waymaker, and maybe you've heard it, but I was reflecting on it this week and just how powerful these, just even that title of Jesus being our Waymaker, that he makes a way in the midst of seasons of life, areas of life that we think are impossible. This seems impossible to me when I really think about it, that it turns into a plant. But what Jesus does is so much more than that. That's just a small illustration. What Jesus does is takes the impossible things in our lives where we think, there's no way I'll ever change. I'll be the same way for the rest of my life. Like, or there's no way I, God will change this scenario in my life, this relationship in my life, this whatever, this situation in our world, the thing that I'm dealing with. We think that that'll never change. But what Jesus says in Easter and what we see in the celebration of this new life is that he brings life, that he makes a way in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of something that's unbelievable. And here's what I started to meditate on this week was picture the disciples that have been walking with Jesus for three years. They've been listening to his teachings about new life, about like the old is gone, the new has come. Like you're going to learn how to love people. You're going to learn how to be generous. You're going to learn how to be these kind of people that, that just live in God's kingdom in this way that transforms all of life. And then this guy who's been talking about all this life dies, right? He's gone. He's strung up on a cross. The community around you is like going, asking questions like, how could this happen? Like, what's going on? I thought he had power. I thought he was able to do this sort of thing, right? There's even questions of people at the cross saying, if you have this ability, why don't you just climb off there and just destroy all of this and end it all? So they had to have been really confused. And I try and like really imagine like their response. And the response that we see at the tomb where the stone is rolled away is you see Mary Magdalene have this conversation with Jesus. And her conversation is like, aren't you the gardener? Right? Like she didn't, she's like, there's no way that this is Jesus. This can't be Jesus sitting next to me. It must be somebody who takes care of the tombs or something because this couldn't happen. Like this doesn't happen. People don't come back from being dead. And then it goes on and it goes even further and it, he appears to the disciples. And at the end of them, one of the gospels, they're walking along the road to Emmaus and, and Jesus walks up next to him and was like, what's up guys? And they're like, who's this guy? They're like, there's no way. And they're like in this somber mood of like, what just happened? Like this whole thing, like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Like, did it, is it real? Like, can I follow this Jesus thing? Like, should we continue on? And then there's even a part, if you want to read this, I would highly encourage you to do that this week. In the end of uh, the Gospel of John, John 20, um, Jesus appears to Thomas and he shows him the holes in his hands. And Thomas is like, this can't be real. And he shows him the, like, his body that he's like actually been on the cross. He's like, okay, wow, this is, this is legit. Um, and then it goes on, and Jesus sits with the disciples. First he approaches them. He sees them out on the water. They go back to fishing because they're like, what do we do? Like, this whole thing just ended. The whole thing fell apart, and everything that he claimed he was going to be, like, didn't happen. Like, what's going on? And he shows up on the shoreline. They're out fishing. They kind of gave up on everything. They're just like, we'll just go back to fishing, I guess, because they were fishermen prior to following Jesus. And they're not catching any fish. And Jesus is like, hey, 
you got your poles on the wrong side of the boat. Like, you need to change it up a little bit. And they pull in 153 fish, it says, which is pretty precise. Like, if you're going to make up a story, you're not going to drop in 153. You'd be like, it was like 160-ish. 153 feet, 153 fish. And then they come in, and Jesus sits with them around a fire and eats fish. Like, this is the Jesus. Like, he doesn't come out like, ah, like crazy, like, we're going to take over the world. I told you I could defeat death. Like, I got this thing. He comes, and he hangs out with some people, hangs out with the disciples, sits by the fire with them, eats some fish. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really good right now. I can eat some fish with Jesus. That would be awesome. Some white sea bass, maybe. I don't know. Um, sorry, all the fish haters or the vegetarians. Um, but just sitting, and, and, and what I've been reflecting on is, like, how simple that is. Like, it wasn't this massive event. It was, yeah, what I talked about is real. They had to have sat there and went, oh, wow. Like, everything he taught us, everything he did, real. And then he has a conversation with Peter, and he's like, you into this, essentially? I'm summing it up. And Peter's like, yeah, I'm in. And he's like, no, 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 are you really in? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Three times, and he's like, are you in? And he's like, yeah, I'm in, come on, like, I'm, I'm really in this. And he's like, I don't know. And I... I think sometimes we're at that place where we're like, are we really in? Like, do we really believe this resurrection life, this thing that Jesus talks about, that he lived out, that he conquered death? Oh, man, that's so beautiful. It's so amazing. And that's the invitation that we have here. And here's what I want to show you. There's a conversation that Jesus has uh, with his disciples. It's in John 20, 19 to 21, and then we're going to wrap this whole thing up. He says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, they were scared. They weren't just confused. They were scared of what had taken place because they were like, they're going to come down on us. Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. The first thing he says to them, peace be with you. Because they had to have been a little stressed out, right? Maybe you need to hear that today. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And this is the like, thing he says. It's so simple. It's nothing crazy. It's just peace be with you. We hope that you experience this peace because, yeah, the world's crazy. It's chaotic. You're going to deal with some crazy stuff the same way Matt Manzari did. Maybe you've been through some of that. But what he says is, peace be with you. That's the message of all the things that Jesus could have said. He didn't come with a list of like, okay, you're going to go do this. You're going to go and like preach in this area. He was like, peace be with you. Like, I hope that you experience this peace. And why I think that's powerful is because we have that peace. When we live in that peace, people are going to see it. People are going to see that you're like, cool, calm, and collected, right? In the midst of the chaos, you're able to just be like, now you know what? There's a God that's bigger than all of this, and I can trust him, and I can trust him in the middle of whatever I got going on this day, that he is with me. Peace be with you. And then he goes, I'm going to send you out to go and share this peace with other people, this joy, this love, this resurrection life, this new life, this new way of doing things. So the Easter message that we see in Scripture is that God makes a way. When we don't see a way, he does it. He charges through it. He shows us a way of living. 
In John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. This is Jesus teaching his disciples, and the onlookers were sitting with him at this time, what is most important. He says, there is a thief that comes to destroy your life, that will try and rob you of joy, that will try and rob you of contentment, that will try and rob you of peace. And he says, but here's what I've come to do, to show you life and life to the full, right? Life, abundant life, this kind of life. The unbelievable fact that these tiny seeds turn into real life. That kind of imagination is what I'm inviting us into, to have that. Not just today, not just at Easter when we're all excited and happy, but like every day. New life that brings peace that is so good. What Jesus invites us to do is to just to persevere. And what he did with his disciples was like he said, yeah, you don't need to go back to fishing. Let's keep doing this thing. Like keep sharing this gospel with other people. Go and live this out. It's not something crazy. Stay steady and consistent and faithful in the midst of this. And I'm going to do something beautiful through your life. I want to show you the, uh, the little trailer from Matt's life. And I want you to hear how he responds to this situation. Check this out. He was so messed up, and I I was seeing him go away before my eyes, and they held me back, they held me back, and they were like, no, it's too bad, don't let her see. And I, I said, I need to say goodbye. I need to say goodbye right now. When tragedy struck, it should have ripped us apart. We came together. Our life and world was in shambles. You were stronger than I ever imagined. I'm sorry for the burden you had to carry. Sorry for the role you had to take and the price you had to pay. I know my struggles are still day to day. I wear my scars on my arms for the whole world to see. But some of the deepest scars are what's unseen. Sometimes in life, it's hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel. It feels lonely. My identity as a professional wake skater wasn't enough. Having my world flipped upside down twice wasn't about me. The old Matt is gone, and the new Matt is here. An identity that was wrapped up in something way bigger than wake skating, way bigger than himself, that it needed to be wrapped up in Jesus. And I see that his life is completely centered around being defined by Jesus not being defined by his experiences, not being defined by his scars, but being defined by Jesus and that being the core thing. My question is, how will you be, de- be defined? How will we be defined as people who love Jesus? Um, I'm going to read that prayer that we read at the beginning that talks about what Easter is all about, and we're going to close. O God of glory, in the Easter dawn... You raise Jesus from death to life. As we are united with him in death, so unite us with him in resurrection, that we may walk in newness of life and reimagine the world as you have made it. Amen. Jesus took what the world intended for evil and made it beautiful. 
This is why we decorate the cross that was so dark last week with the beautiful flowers. That's why when you walked in, we asked you just to bring flowers, and we do it every Easter. Look back at that cross. Look how beautiful that thing is. It's covered in flowers. It's no longer dark. It's no longer defined by the darkness. The death part of that thing isn't what we focus on in Jesus. We focus on the new life. We focus on the fact that he transforms life for us today. He transforms your life so that not only you experience that peace that he says, where he says, peace be with you, but now you can bring that peace to other people. You can bring that joy to other people. And so let's go out into the rest of this day being those kind of people who have the crazy imagination that something can come from nothing, something can come from this tiny seed, the kind of people that say, like, something can come out of this death, something can come out of all of this, these things, and Jesus is so much bigger than all of that, and he can demonstrate this way of life as we study the Gospels, as we read into it, and, and I think live into it, have it in our lives constantly. People will start to see that, and, and it will transform the world that we live in. So let me pray over us, and um, let's go into uh, the rest of the celebration of today. Lord, thank you so much for each and every person that's here. I thank you that you, you conquer death. You bring new life. Um, you bring us this way of living that is so beautiful and life to the full. And I pray that, um, that we would experience that, that we'd continue to live into that daily. And if someone here is new today, that we continue to step in that, that this isn't something that uh, just happened today on Easter Sunday, but this is a daily journey for all of us to continue to journey more and more towards you, Jesus, and, um, and begin to discover uh, this way that's just beneath the surface that's transforming life and changing the world that we live in. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, happy Easter. Enjoy some donuts and some coffee and linger as long as you want. Um, Take the seeds with you. Those are yours. If you want to swap them for other ones, go for it. If you didn't get a chance to decorate the cross, please decorate the cross. Throw some more flowers on there. We don't want to see any darkness on there, all right? Amen. Happy Easter.